0: Blog Talk Radio. Stations out there, they always got something to say. <laughs> sure. but, uh, not this station right here. We don't just got something to say, y'all. We got the truth, y'all. The measure of the truth, truth. Measure of the truth, truth. Teach it to the youth. Come on and get your Turn it up, y'all. Yeah. Welcome Truth Seekers, or listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you've just clicked the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. Here's the number, 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at A Measure of Truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why not look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and repost us on Facebook and Twitter. Look, we have a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. At the end of a seemingly ordinary day, four-year-old Harper doesn't think that she has much to be thankful for. Fortunately, her loving parents are there to point out the wonderful things that happen each day that she should cherish. Harper Counts Her Blessings shows children the importance of taking the time each day as a family to reflect upon their blessings and to thank God. Christy Gillery reed welcome to A Measure of Truth.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk yeah. with you all
0: and we're excited to have you um you know it it's very, very interesting that you would write a book that is so engaging and um I want to talk a little bit about that and um how you actually came up with this concept and One of the things that I first thought of when I, I saw the book um was what came first was it the lesson? or the book idea.
1: That's that's an excellent question. Um I think actually they it was simultaneous. I think both mm. things kind of evolved. You know, um first for me was even wrapping my head around the idea of writing a book cuz that's not something that I had ever thought about. This oh. is my first this is my first book and also the fact of it being a children's book, two things that I had not really thought about doing in my life just mm. kind of on the prompt from a very good friend and mentor who knows that I really love to write, who just told me one day, Why don't you write a book? Said it very simply, very calmly, and I probably responded not simply and calmly by saying, What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, so, um, and then I thought about, Okay, well, if I'm going to do this, what is it going to look like? What am I going to talk about? And I always have written things, even I've written just articles for publications, write about things that I'm actually experiencing. In my life at that moment. And at that point, my daughter, Harper, Harper is the namesake of the book, was about four and a half. I said, well, if there's anything I'm a, quote, expert on at this point, it's raising a toddler.
0: <laughs> right. So,
1: you know, I just started to observe her. I said, you know, but, but I just started to observe her, you know, daily activities. But for me, I really wanted to write something that was positive, And I knew from the get-go I wanted something that could teach her, could teach others and also wanted to write a book that showed a strong African-American family. I definitely, you know, diversity was very present in my mind as as mm-hmm. I was writing
0: the book. Oh, that's great. And um, you know, this book um is is a great guideline. It's a way to not only introduce children to faith in God, but actually to to be a little bit more introspective and to see a little bit more in their day than maybe they had before.
1: Exactly. And I think, you know, as we are entering the holiday season, but any day, I think the book has a timeless theme. That is one of gratitude and thankfulness. And sometimes I think adults at this day and age, we might need to take a step back and think, what are we thankful for? What has made this day special? Because each day is special. It's just not, quote, ordinary. So, you know, for me, that was something that I started to, as I said, when I observed what she was doing, and this things that we would do with my daughter. She was starting to learn how to pray at night, and she said, It's just like it's in the book, because many things, many quotes in the book, many lines are taken, you know, out of my actual, or taken out of my life. It's not made mm-hmm. up, you know. I don't know what to say. So that was what she said when she was getting ready to pray. We And me and my husband told her, well, sure you do. Think of everything you've done today that you're thankful for. And so that's kind of the backdrop. So, you know, once, once we say think about everything you did today, she kind of goes through this is what she did today, both good and bad. No child is perfect. So we say, okay, this happened. It may not have been a good thing, but how did you respond to it? You know, she in one part of the book she gets mad with her friend and she throws the toys on the floor. But he says it's okay, Harper. Now, mind you, that you know her teachers maybe kind of put her in what we call the cozy area, an area where little kids kind of calm down. But it still turned out good because her friend forgave her. So it's forgiveness. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, another another little episode. A friend falls down on the playground and she tells her friend it's okay. You know, she gives her a lollipop. So there are, you know, there are things where Harper is showing kindness and other other vignettes where people are showing kindness to Harper. So I wanted to show, you know, the full range, you know, uh, of these things that kids can go through. You know, it's, and it's a short book. You know, it's appropriate for kids, I would say, ages three to seven, so you can't inundate them with too many details, but enough to make it engaging and maybe children and families, they can think about, okay, well, what did we all do today? You know, something that can incite family discussion.
0: Yeah. Mm. How does this book help children establish and build a relationship with God?
1: I think it shows them that you know they can turn to God with whatever concerns that they have. you know they you know just and also establishing routines. I think routines are very instrumental in children's lives. You know, they can kind of look mm-hmm. at the book and say, "Okay, Harper's getting ready to go to bed. This is what she's doing. You know, they can start mm. those discussions at night let let us as a family pray together or our families can teach their children, okay, well, if the child is praying, these are some things you may want to pray for, you know, your, you know, your classmates, your family. But just kind of showing them, I think, how to begin that discussion with God. You know, as for the specifics, you know, each family is different, you know, and I'm, I didn't want the book to proselytize or, you know, say it's a, for a particular religion, but I think it's beginning those conversations, beginning to have a relationship with God.
0: Wow. And um, I think that's a great point. And um, just tell us, how important do you think it is for parents to take the time and extra effort to incorporate faith lessons in a child's day-to-day learning?
1: I think it's, I think it's very important. I, get, I think it gives children a sense of, like, the, it, it kind of answers the question, there's something more than just us. You know, there is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not just responsible for our fate. You know, there's someone else. There's someone else that's watching over us, that is protecting us, that loves us and cares about us no matter what. And I think it's kind of starting to tell children. You know, th- this is. These are our beliefs, or this is what we believe, and just like I said, getting them accustomed to thinking about those things, you know, who, what's important, you know, what's important in life. What what are the legacies parents want to leave behind you? They want you, you want to raise a child that's a good, ultimately a good citizen, but also a good person, a good person who, who is, who has faith, who loves God, who wants to live their life in a godly way.
0: Mm, that's great. And, and it's great, I believe, to, you know, get, children thinking about that at a very early age, too, because they can process it. We just have to find a way to simplify it and to help them to understand it on their level, but it's a great building block. Um, What are are some of the comments from your readers that um, they have said about how they've used the book and how it has blessed them in their raising of their children?
1: I've heard a variety of things, and I'm very lucky to say that all of them, you know, for the most part, have been very positive. You know, I think I think if nothing else, I think it opens up the discussion. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the comments have ranged from, you know, just beginning. You know, before people even get into the book. You know, when I've been at events, when people see the cover, because the cover is a, it's a drawing of myself, my daughter, you know, myself, Harper, and my husband. It's all three of us. From people saying, you know what, I'm, I really want this book. Some people even say, I don't, you know, I'm sure it's great, but I want my child to have a book that looks like this in their library.
0: For right, the fact right. of a
1: black families, and that has been so important. So people have gravitated toward the look of the book, and then I mm-hmm. take it one step further and tell them about the content. Where they, you know, I feel like I've heard so many times, this is what is so needed today. We need to all be grateful. We need to all be thankful. So I think people are having these conversations with their kids and hopefully sparking that interest in them to kind of think about what they what they do every day. So I've been very pleased with the feedback that I've gotten.
0: Oh, wow. That's great. And, um, you know, it's interesting because um, I was – the first thing that caught my attention, too, was the, the illustrations. It's very well done. Um, tell us a little bit about the illustrator because, um, you know, I think that's very key, especially in the children's book, to be able to um, – present images that they can um, you know like and also um, helps to tell the story
1: yes I was very very lucky to find a wonderful illustrator his name is Jerry Craft he's an award-winning illustrator and he really took my words and made them come alive because this as you said for children it's really the illustration sometimes trump the words for lack of a yeah. better term, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that's what draws them and keeps them interested. And he saw, you know, in, in my illustrator and I, we don't live in the same place, so he, you know, I've only met him once, and by that point, the book was basically done. So he took pictures, you know. I would text him pictures, and I sent him so many various, you know, angles, and a lot of the scenes are, you know, from Harper's room, you know, um, real outfits like the pajamas she's got on the cover. Those were real pajamas she had, but I mean, he was. This, you know, I just think it's someone who has a God-given talent to draw, you know, because that's not something, you know, and little kids always ask me when I do readings, did you draw the picture? They ask very insightful questions, <laughs>
0: though. They're very
1: curious. And I said, no, I can't do that. <laughs> that's not my talent. But um, he and I, you know, I was connected to him through another author, and he really was able just to take my words and, like I said, just bring them to life and really just kind of make them shine on the page, you know, um, just from – things I kind of thought about conceptually to saying, okay, well, this, mm-hmm. is how this, could, this is how this could look. There's a scene where Harper's going to her grandmother's house after school. And we're just, you know, I just wanted to say, just kind of portray the things that little kids do at their grandparents' house. You know, sometimes, you know, grandparents let them kind of do what they want. So just kind of right. making it, you know, also lighthearted that, you know, she's getting into her grandmother's clothes and she's, and there's, you know, and she and there's a page where she's dressed up in grown clo- you know, her grandmother's clothes. She's got on a church hat. I think the dog has a wig on. You know, things also make him <laughs> laugh. You know, so
0: right,
1: you have to have right. something funny as well. But no, he was, you know, he was able to kind of take things and kind of take it to, take it, take it to another level. And um, I, I was very grateful to find him.
0: Wow. And um, is there another book in the works? Because it seems like this really kind of fell in your lap and, you know, just taken from the things that are around you in your day-to-day life and real life situations. And, you know, you never run out of those. Are, are you thinking of another book?
1: <laughs> I definitely am. Yeah. And I think you kind of, hit the nail on the head, it kind of fell into my lap. It's one of those things where you do something the first time and then you look back and you don't realize how naive you are because I just kind of, I told people I wrote kind of in a vacuum you know, it's mm. it's not like I am now where I'm connected to other authors. You kind of see what people put out their social media. That wasn't the case. I just kind of wrote. Didn't, you know, I wasn't a quote author yet, so I, you know, didn't see if anybody had even written a similar book. So I said, this is my idea. I'm going to run with it. So now I feel like mm-hmm. I'm a little bit, not say more pessimistic. I'm more educated, but still I would probably still want to put something out there that I am committed, committed to putting out there and that I stand behind. But I'm definitely – thinking about a next one, definitely want to do a next one, and definitely still want it to be a positive book. Yeah, and, and like I said, my child is older, so, yes, she gives me fodder every day for probably a number of books or, you know, however <laughs> I want to, whatever direction I want to go. She definitely right. um, gives me lots of lots of examples.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and that's where I see this book as well, is maybe a series of books. and. um ah. In the different developmental stages of a child, as well, because they would all speak to that particular age, and you know, Mm -hmm. and it's great. And um, of course, keeping that same illustrator.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One can only one can only hope. You know, know, sometimes you may not I may not be able to, but you know, I definitely would try. But I I agree with you. Yeah, something that maybe sees Harper on a you know growing up, you know, growing, you know. Doing different things, you know. Her, you know. Of course, with with growth, there's you know, enhanced vocabulary. Cause that's one thing mm-hmm. you know, um, I tell people um, when I talk to them about the book. When I talk to schools, because a big thing when children are learning to read, the concept of sight words. And my book mm-hmm. has a lot of sight words. So even if a parent wanted to just use the book purely as an educational tool, you know, small words that little kids first learn, the, a, you know, very you know, little words, one syllable words. You know that that is very helpful for children. You know, as they can learn to read the book. Because at this point, my daughter can completely read the entire book. You know, we go oh. reading. You know, oh yeah, people love to see her. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes mm. I've had to wrestle the book from her, quote unquote. You know, <laughs> but just say, can mommy read a little bit of it too? Because she's reading the whole, she's reading the entire book. But like I said, you know, a different book maybe with you know more more sophisticated language. You know, we're hardly right. doing, you know, some different some different things. But yeah, I definitely have to take you know, take some time to kind of think about it and kind of let I kind of let the topics I would like them to kind of come to me come to me naturally.
0: Yeah, and, and I understand you're you're a very busy woman. I believe you're an attorney, correct?
1: Yes, I am busy, yes. Yes I yes I am. I do uh public policy work, so I kind of you know, um not like the in the courtroom stuff, I'm not a litigator, but um more, mm-hmm. I would say, behind the scenes, more kind of work in the healthcare arena. So, as you know, a lot of times you'll say, if you everyone is paid attention now to, you know, the Affordable Care Act and health benefits, kind of along the lines of that, kind of, kind of assessing healthcare. So, yeah, so for me, writing the book was kind of like an, an escape to something simpler other than looking at the very complicated <laughs> topics that I have sure. to look at during the day. Because, yes, one has to find time find time to yeah. write, but right. I think you make yeah. time for things that you're really committed to.
0: And how long did it take you to write this book?
1: And actually, the words, it didn't take that long. I think what took longer was, you know, you know making sure the illustrations were the way we wanted. I mean, actually, it's hard, to mm-hmm. you know, to think back, but just words, I mean, and I would just maybe do cause, you know, a sentence or two every day because the book's only you know, it's not even for you know forty pages. Probably about a good twenty something pages. I mean, maybe a maybe two months if I had to add add it up. But of course, that's not eight hours of writing because there might be two sentences on a page. But if I devoted fifteen minutes a day to something, not 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 that long, maybe you know a few a few months. But I think it's really again get making sure the illustrations were crisp and the way that I wanted them, and making sure you know getting that the visual aspect. Um, took took a while, you know, working in in collaboration with the illustrator.
0: hmm And what I hear you saying is the next book won't take as long.
1: <laughs> it might. It might. Oh, Michael, you're good. Uh, I, it, like I said, I'm I'm a perfectionist. You know, everybody uh-huh. always wants the best product, so it it might. You know, who I don't want to say. I don't want to. You know, and then they'll say, oh, we had you on a measure of truth and that's what you said, You No, I'm just joking you. Um we'll have to see. We'll have we'll have to uh-huh. see. I think though as as Harper also gets older, you know, um being a parent does take more, you know, more time. So she you know have to balance that with her activities and things, but um mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll she's say a stay tuned.
0: blessed kid. I mean how many kids have um um, a catalog of their life that's uh, <laughs> in a book. So, you know, those no, are things. No, I tell her
1: that. Mean, I said, oh, yeah. I said, your your name is immortalized in a book. And, of course, I'm sure this age she's <laughs> six and she can't fully capture all of right. that, you know, because, you know, some of the book events, you know, for a child, they're not all that glamorous. You know, I go to, you know, book sure. readings or let's say if I'm selling my book, you know, but I think later on, I've, and, and I think, I do think, she you know, she definitely appreciates it. You know, sometimes kids may not show you their full appreciation Directly, but I know that she told me once last year she's in kindergarten. They had an author come to her school, and she told me she just raised her hand and immediately said, "Well, my mommy wrote a book." And while I chuckled <laughs> and I said I appreciate, it, I said, "But you know what, Harper?" I said, "We have to let that author have their day." You know, so yes. I have a feeling she's probably. Bragging on me, which she does make which does make me smile no, she's she's been she's been a trooper with going to all of these events and and helping me read so she she's all and she's enjoyed the events I, I will say as well
0: and um have you actually um visited her school as well with some of the um events that you've gone to
1: i did i did uh go to her read in her class. Last year, uh, I think they had a, a week where they had where the parents could come in and read books to the kids um, and I did go and I did go yeah,
0: so, so um so you you do book signings and things like that, so give us an idea of where people might be able to find you um, you know when you're out and about doing um, your promotions as well as your readings.
1: Well, one good place to kind of see you know events coming up and what I've got going on. Of course, social media. Um, I'm definitely on Instagram um, at Christy G Reed. That's my handle, um, but also my website. That, that's also a great place where I have upcoming events, and that's you know the website is simply the title of the book. It's www.harpercounterblessings.com. and then I have a Facebook page which, which is also um, very similar, but it's Harper Counselor Blessings book. So if someone were to just kind of do iterations of, of the book title, they can find me. But usually I have, you know, events that are coming up, you know, as we enter, in, as we enter the holiday season. You know, I've got some events, but, you know, they are out of town, but um, I'll definitely be around locally and, and definitely looking to gear. up. I'm doing a lot of, you know, the holiday season, doing some planning for next year as to um, getting some events in place, and I'll definitely be announcing them um, via social media.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's great because um, this show isn't just local. It's actually heard around the world. So it'd be great for other people to know as well and um, look for you. And um, I don't know, did you, you gave your website. We know that your book is on Amazon, but are there other um, sellers too that are, are reselling your book?
1: Um, yeah, it's also on Barnes & Noble. And also people can get the book from me directly. You know, and if, people would, and if people would actually like a signed copy, that's the best way, is just to reach out oh. to me via mm-hmm. social media. Because, if you know, if you go to, you know, if you go to Amazon, it's not, the book won't be signed. You know, some people really love, I always tell people it's a great extra to have the book signed for your for your child. You know, and people really like that. Or sometimes, you know, I've had adults that just want a book with African-American family, which I think is fabulous. You know, they don't yeah. want a book for themselves. It's not all, you know, maybe just for kids, but, um, yeah, you can get the book Definitely, you can get the book from me, you know. But um, also Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart dot com also has it as well. So we know how oh, Noble, big website Walmart is. But yes, those are those are some of the places.
0: Wow. Okay. So, um, and when was this book released?
1: It was released in May of 2018. It's hard to believe. I remember mm. nice. for so long I said it's brand new, but I guess maybe not. <laughs> but it feels wow. brand new. It still feels new to me because mm-hmm. it's, um, the book industry is definitely different than being an attorney. Uh, so I'm learning a brand new line of business. So it's been educational, but also fun. So, yeah, May May of 2018, um, the book came out.
0: Okay. And what has been the response so far?
1: It's been good. You know, I am, I am a self-published author, so definitely you know, we have to do more of our own promotion than yeah. if someone has a, you know, it's it's not like, you know, I've got a, you know, um, Simon Schuster, HarperCollins behind me. Oh, and I, I know if anybody's listening that works with these publishers, please reach out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, – we definitely, it's a definitely a different a different strategy and a different ball of wax when you're self-published because the onus is all on the author. You know, we don't sure. have a lot of you know, we don't have a publishing budget. You know, and it's just you know, it's just different. But it's it's like mm-hmm. I said, I'm learning publicity, I'm learning all these things. And like I said, for me, I've gotten a trem- a great response from um. Well, I'm in the in the D.C. Maryland Virginia area from some of the uh, Catholic paroch- parochial schools. Now, in all honesty, you know, since the book does reflect an aspect of religion, Catholic schools mm-hmm. of course have been very receptive. And it's, you know, and 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 I understand it. It's difficult, it's more difficult with public schools because, you know, division of church and state.
0: Sure. So sure. I do
1: understand that. So yes, usually, you know, Catholic schools I've done, I did a lot of readings Earlier this, you know, they feel like the year is the almost up, but a lot of readings in the spring in Catholic schools, that's been great. which, which And I enjoy the, the school readings a lot because you're able to, in smaller audiences, you're really able to kind of connect with the children. And I always do an activity with the children where we talk about the book, but I really kind of ask them to be a little introspective and talk to me about their blessings. You know, and, and since they're little, I like them to. You know, we 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 draw together. We actually, I want them to visually, re- you know, represent their blessings as well. So no, that's that's been great. And um, recently, early November, um, I was at the Louisiana Book Festival. I'm, I'm a native of Louisiana, so it was an honor oh, to be okay. able to go back for the state book festival. That's that's my first uh, statewide book festival. And uh I'll, and in March, I'll be at the Virginia this herd Festival of the Book. So that will be. So that's another state festival, so I'm looking forward to that so even though it's a very early announcement, I figured no time like the present to let people know where I'll be so um that's also been exciting in addition to you know school readings, you know going to these larger book festivals to connect with larger audiences
0: wow and and that's really, really good um, you know the format of the book too has a an interesting um i would just say format because. Um, a parent can read this story to their children, but then they can also read into it their own stories exactly. and their own interactions with their children and build mm-hmm. from there. And and I think that's probably the real jewel of this book and this type of book. Um, and and yeah, exactly. that's why I think it. Oh, no, no. Go right for. ahead. No, so no. I,
1: I always think, like I said, for me, you know, it's Harper counts for blessings, but, you can substitute, I, you know, I don't feel bad at all if someone were to substitute their child's name. Make it personal. Mm-hmm. You know, use Harper as your sounding sounding board. You know, I use Harper because, of course, she's my muse. She, she's close to me. But I really, just like you said, parents can say, okay, well, what what did we do today, you know, all of us, adults and children, what did we do today that we're thankful for? And, you know, like I said, in the beginning, they can use Harper as a mouthful. What was Harper, like I do in my readings, I always say, what was Harper thankful for? We talk about that because I also like to make sure the kids are listening. And then we say, I go, I move on. Well, that's what she was thankful for, but what are you thankful for? So I always like to mm-hmm. end it with making it personal. And with children, you, know, you hear a variety of things, you know, when I've done readings, you know, a lot of times. And, and some of them, of course, it's, it's due to their Age, but it shows you that they're thinking. Many times, family comes into play, which is great. You know, family. They'll say parents, grandparents. They'll say my, our world. They're thankful for for living on planet Earth. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it might be. I think I did one right after Halloween, so you can bet they were thankful for candy.
0: So <laughs> right. it
1: depends. But you know, the kids are very mm-hmm. savvy. They they know what they're thankful for. They they, they know what they should be look you know who they should be looking to you know for thanks and you know how to um how to actually you know how to reflect that so kids are yeah you know, like i said you never can underestimate children they're they're savvy <laughs> even, in, even at even at ages of like 5
0: <laughs> right right and, and i think that's one of the um great things about this book and to introduce it it didn't actually state that that this began with your child at the age of 4 it's so the parents can really understand the type of lessons that they can start to um, integrate into a child's learning uh, very early on.
1: Right, right, exactly. I figure that the sooner the better, you know, start these lessons. So it becomes almost ingrained, not like where you're saying, hey, let's talk about our blessings tonight. It's just natural. You know, just, you know, it could be over over dinner, or it could just be, you know, on the way home from school, you just kind of, it's, it becomes part of your conversation. Where it's not forced, so you know, it can start feel forced, not forced per se. it feels more formal in the beginning, but hopefully the conversation just become easy going and just a normal part of your day
0: and so the concept of this whole book pretty much started with um teaching Harper how to pray is that right mm-hmm.
1: right it it began with us just teaching her how to pray and me just kind of wanting to, like I said again, impart a lesson. So I was you mm-hmm. know, teaching her how to pray, which of course that's always positive. But but kind of saying, okay, in terms of the prayers, what's the message here? And it's, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe not. It's not the specific prayers. It's just the act of recognizing gratitude and thankfulness. So that those are my two catchphrases for this book: gratitude and thankfulness. I think those are just the qualities we all should try to look to incorporate.
0: Yeah, and and I think it's great, too, in teaching a a child how to pray without it being, um, you know, um, a a prayer that they just memorize, actually thinking through their day and actually creating a conversation and a relationship with God in the process of um, really uh, rehashing their day and thinking about all their blessings. So I think that's just phenomenal. It's a great concept.
1: And they'll probably be more apt to do it if it's not something that me- that's memorized, where they can also yeah. change it up, because everything will change day to day where they're not just kind of just spouting out words that they were forced to memorize. So, I mean, one day, like I said, one day it may be, Hey, I did great at school. Another day, maybe I didn't do so hot, but here's what I learned from that experience. Because I say mm-hmm. I don't want to present a perfect child. Every child has faults. Every child learns. So you, know, you learn from mistakes. So always, you know, so that that's another aspect: just being honest. You know, just be honest. You know, this is what happened today, and we can learn from it, and we can move on.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well. Um, I'm very, very excited about the work that you're doing and may God continue to bless you and your hands and the work that you've done so far and how it's touched the lives of so many families. And, you know, (laughs) what a blessing to um, those other families. And, um, you know, you can't really do much more than um, give parents tools to to create the new generation of the people who will run this world. And I think it's so important to start early the children are our future and everyone that touches a child in the way that you do, you know, you're pretty important on my, um, my list and in, in my universe here. So I just thank oh, you for the work that you've done.
1: Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Cause it's, you know, it's always different when you step back and you think about what you've done. Cause for me, you know, I've been in, in this book space, the, the head space for a little while now. So it's mm-hmm. always different when I can step back and look at the effect up that the book is having, you know, and it, and it it feels good. No, it definitely it definitely feels good when you see a smile on a little one's face that they enjoy it, or a smile on a parent or grandparent, family friend, you know, whomever saying, you know what, thank you for what you've done. Because for me, this is my mission. You know, I think we all have service to do in this life, and um, I feel like this is the beginning of a larger part of my service on this planet. To yeah. To, because we're all, you know, we all want to be our best person, you know, and, and use our talents. You know, for me, I've always liked to write, so I'm glad that I can use that talent to to do some good.
0: Oh, that's great! Yeah, I I definitely think you're on it, and um, it's it's just a blessing for us too when we really discover God's purpose for us, and when we just pull together those talents and put something out there, and it's well received. Um, we we just know that we're on the right track, and that's a that's a good feeling in itself
1: you no know, it 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 is it's it's like i said it makes me i i smile when i always when i talk about the book I know your listeners can't see me smile, but just know <laughs> just know <laughs> that i'm I'm smiling'cause it's it just it ma- it makes me it makes me happy and even like I said even on social media i love to i love to hear from people who are interested in the book who have bought the book you know I know we live in an age where you know people Love to comment And a lot of times Comments are negative But I've been blessed yeah. I've, I've, you know Received lots of Positive comments So if people find me On social media You know And um, please You know I always say I tell people Please reach out You know I, it, I like to connect With readers You know I don't, you know, I don't think any author Kind of likes to live In their little glass house You know Isolated So I tell people feel Please feel free to um, If you've enjoyed the book Let me know Lo- I'd love to Love to know about it
0: Oh great Well Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, and, again, um, you know, we look forward to bigger and better things from you. And um, next time you have a, a new project coming out, you have to come back again and tell us about that as well.
1: I look forward to I would like nothing else than to come back <laughs> and, and, discuss, and discuss my next project. So no, this has been very enjoyable. You've asked very insightful questions. Um, I've enjoyed myself.
0: Very good. Well, thank you, Christy Gillery reed And um, we'll look forward to hearing from you again real soon. Thanks again. If I may paraphrase Stephen King, the most important things are the hardest things to say. These are the things you feel ashamed of because mere words only diminish the thought. You see, words shrink things that seem limitless when they were in our hearts and minds to no more than just living size when brought out into the open. Oh, but it's more than that, isn't it? You see, the most important things lie too close to wherever your secret heart is buried. Like landmarks to a treasurer, your enemies would love to steal away and use against you at the worst possible moment. But still, you make revelations that cost you dearly, only to have people look at you like you're crazy, not understanding what you've said at all or why you thought it was so important that you almost cried when you were saying it. Do you know what's even worse than that? Is when the secret stays locked within and you can't get it out. Not for want of the courage to talk about it, but for want of someone who will just listen. Just listen. As someone who spends a great deal of time searching for the truth, the lesson that I've learned from this quote is, if you want the truth, you have to be prepared to release all judgment and be open enough to hear and accept the truth in whatever form it might take. Judgment alters the truth by changing how it's told or presented. Not accepting the truth stops the bearer from sharing the truth. Ignoring the truth kills ambition and is a recipe for disaster and makes success impossible. We all over the years have learned to guard ourselves against deception but I've also come to realize that in most cases you don't even have to discover or discern the truth. You just have to let it be and see it for what it is. Maybe you have a story too. It doesn't have to be just like the one we've heard. Hey, I just want to let you know I'm here and I'm willing to listen. All I ask from you is a measure of truth. Many of us come to church with an expectation of corporate worship, being filled with the Spirit, Bible teaching, seeking the presence of the Lord, and meaningful fellowship. But as Christian believers, there will come a time when your new member status has expired and you feel a greater calling that Sunday service and Bible study seem to have prepared you for. Yes, eventually... There'll come a time when we will no longer just look for what we can get for ourselves from the church for our benefit, but rather what we can commit of ourselves for the benefit of the church. My pastor, Dr. Leonard N. Smith of Mount Zion Baptist Church of Arlington, Virginia, has been preaching to us about new things in 2019, tapping into our spiritual gifts and talents, and become creators of new things. In order to experience new things, we have to break some old habits and make a plan and see it through. You know, there's a lot going on in the world today that inserts into our psyche false goals, desires, and perceptions that give fictitious value to things that leave us dissatisfied and empty. I'm talking about the black mirror Not just your cell phone, but all of the screens, including your TV and tablets, that device that we think keeps us connected, that has somehow found a way to disconnect us from the life that we were meant to live. We've trained ourselves to spend a large part of our day interacting with people we don't really know, receiving praise for content that we didn't create or even contribute to, and Searching for things that we didn't think that we needed to know until we found it. We feel that something is missing. There's too much in our day-to-day that keeps us busy with nothing to show for it. We want something more. We want to matter. And we want to have a positive impact in the lives of others. Somehow we're lost and we're struggling to find our way back home. It didn't used to be this way Some of you that have been searching for A greater calling and greater purpose in your life May have overlooked an opportunity to take a stand and make a difference That has been right in front of your eyes I'm talking about the body of Christ Also known as the church I myself have been appointed to a position in the church By my pastor Dr. Leonard N. Smith of Mount Zion Baptist Church Now this has afforded me a purview that many may never see. These are the volunteers, missionaries, ministry leaders, and church staff that are truly the backbone of the church, that work tirelessly behind the scenes to do the work needed to create the worship experience that we have grown accustomed to. So yes, I've seen with my own eyes the dedication, the time spent after hours the talent and passion for the work that they do to sustain the church as we see it from the pews. We are becoming a kingdom-focused church at Mount Zion Baptist Church, and we're blessed to have over 50 active ministries to choose from. Now, most serve as volunteers, but you see, it's not about prestige, position, or compensation. It's about service. I know I've lost a few of you right there, but trust me, it's just one of those things that you just don't get it until you get it. Stay with me. Here's some clarification. In Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 6 in the Message Bible, we read, In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all of these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14-18 through 18 in the Message Bible we read, I want you to think about how all of this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. We all have an important role to play, and God has already prepared us for how he would use us for his kingdom, using the abilities and spiritual gifts that we already possess and those that he will increase for his purpose. But yet it is still up to us to step out on faith and take the steps to do the very same thing that we're not sure that we can do. But that in itself is the problem. You see, it's not about you and your abilities and whether or not you know how to complete the task or if you've done it before. It's about faith and being obedient to what God has told you to do and your willingness to. To start the process with purpose. In Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 12. In the Amplified Bible it reads. And his gifts to the church were varied. And he himself appointed some as apostles. Special messengers. Representatives. Some as prophets. Who speak a new message from God to the people. Some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation, and some as pastors and teachers, to shepherd and guide and instruct. And he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for works of service to build up the body of Christ, the church. You see, when you use the spiritual gifts and abilities to serve, It's truly a blessing to see how far you can take them. Your true blessing is in pleasing God and in seeing Him expand on the gifts that He has instilled in you to be a blessing to others. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 in the Amplified Bible, it reads, For we are His workmanship, His own masterwork of art, created in Christ Jesus, Reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used, for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set, so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. First Corinthians chapter 12 verses 4 through 6 in the Amplified Bible says, Now, there are distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts. Special abilities given by the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers. But it is the same Spirit who grants them and empowers believers. And there are distinctive varieties of ministries and service. But it is the same Lord who is served. And there are distinctive ways of working to accomplish things but it is the same God who produces all things in believers inspiring, energizing and empowering them well before I go I just want to thank all of you for the work that you do not just at Mount Zion Baptist Church but at all churches that represent the body of Christ I see you I love what you do And I admire your service and commitment. I just wanted to take a minute to help you push past the noise and remember from where your blessings flow. Well, enough talk. Let's get back to work. You just needed a minute to shake it off. Gather a moment of clarity and refocus on a measure of truth. i have told this story before but it looks like it might need some updating this all started with a sermon my pastor dr smith preached on one sunday morning on joy as they often do his sermons have a resounding impact and have an interesting way of manifesting its lesson in my day-to-day life Some time ago, on my way home, I was stopped at a traffic light just before entering my neighborhood, and I was thinking to myself just how much better my commute was than it was the day before. Earlier that week, I took my usual shortcut behind the mayor's office, and this was some time before our D.C. mayor, Vincent Gray, was in office. My wife and I saw then-mayor Adrian Fenty in his new smart car. he waved at my wife and I, but I couldn't get my camera out fast enough, and I missed a great photo opportunity. So the very next day, being better prepared, I tried again. But the weather was bad, and of course, so was the traffic. And I got stuck behind the mayor's office for over 20 minutes. When I got home, I was so beat. I went straight to my office and got myself a 40-minute acupressure infrared heat massage. And that brought me back to life. But today, traffic was a breeze. And at the traffic light, I happened to look over to the car next to mine. And I saw a beautiful three-year-old little girl staring out of the window in her car seat in a daze. I smiled as I thought about how wonderfully simple our lives were back then when we were children. Then she noticed me and she smiled back and I looked away to see if the light had changed. And when I looked back, I smiled again and saw her looking at me and then she started laughing hysterically, only the way a three-year-old could. So I laughed as she laughed and the light turned green and I waved goodbye and proceeded home. And as I was driving, I thought to myself, you know, if that would have occurred just yesterday, even after my 90 minutes in traffic, that would have been all I needed to snap me back to life. A 3 year old smile versus my expensive massage bed. Well, the kid wins hands down. On the drive through my neighborhood, I had an epiphany. How many things have I placed in my life to make up for not taking the time to really enjoy all the simple joys life has to offer? Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Many of us have forgotten how to enjoy and appreciate the little things or even the small steps of our accomplishments or the little likes in our relationships or the small things in life that bring us joy in the pursuit of things that would bring us greater happiness. We have become impatient and always looking ahead to the thing that brings us what we perceive to be the source of our happiness. Webster's defines joy as the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Be careful in life that you do not lose your joy. Research shows That if you do, the loss of good health is not far behind. Take time out to enjoy the little things. Rejoice in reliving life's joys through sharing them often with others. And take a moment to relax in your moment of peace through your joy instead of the empty pursuit of pleasure. If you ever lose sight of life's joy, take every step in your power to reclaim it as soon as possible. Your first step to reclaim true joy in life is to just look to God. He's always willing to show his glory to all who are willing to seek. Just take a moment to look and you will find his joy all around you. But if you still need a starting point, just look in the eyes of a child. The younger, the better. There you will find true joy, or in other words, joy, and the measure of truth. My friends, we should not all try to become teachers. In fact, teachers will be judged more strictly than others. All of us do many wrong things, but if you can control your tongue, you are mature and able to control your whole body. By putting a bit into the mouth of a horse, we can turn the horse different directions. It takes strong winds to move a large sailing ship, but the captain uses only a small rudder to make it go in any direction. Our tongues are small too, and yet they brag about big things. It takes only a spark to start a force fire. The tongue is like a spark. It is an evil power that dirties the rest of the body and sets a person's entire life on fire with flames that come from hell itself. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures can be tamed and have been tamed. But our tongues get out of control. They are restless and evil and always spreading deadly poison. My dear friends, with our tongues we speak both praises and curses. We praise our Lord and Father and we curse people who were created to be like God. And this isn't right. Can clean and dirty water both flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? Does fresh water come from a well full of salt water? Are any of you wise or sensible? Then show it by living right and by being humble and wise in everything you do. But if your heart is full of bitter jealousy and selfishness, don't brag or lie to cover up the truth. That kind of wisdom doesn't come from above. It is earthly and selfish and comes from the devil himself. Whenever people are jealous or selfish, they cause trouble and do all sorts of cruel things. But the wisdom that comes from above leads us to be pure, friendly, gentle, sensible, kind, helpful, genuine, and sincere. When peacemakers plant seeds of peace, they will... Harvest justice Wisdom from the apostles from James 3 And without compromise, a measure of truth Everyone at some level desires to be loved and respected And I get that I'm no different But most importantly for me Is I want to be able to live my life authentically And be all that I am or any part of me that I choose to share at a moment's notice, at my own discretion, and on my own terms. This is a freedom that I hold very dear. I'm proud to say that there's a lot more to me than what's portrayed in my online profiles and not the other way around. And I'm happy to report that many of you can say the same. We all have a role to play in this vast experiment we refer to as social media. Many of you are feeling the pressure or burden of public life because of the up-close and personal interactions of your followings, who somehow are under the illusion that they are your closest friends and therefore have the right to say and share comments and opinions that should never be part of the written timeline of your social media interactions. Every post, tweet, Instagram, or YouTube video is a gamble. And it's a process once initiated that can at any given moment spiral hopelessly out of control. But it's your choice to participate and at your discretion as to how far down the rabbit hole you choose to venture. But at all costs, don't let yourself be consumed because you've failed to think it through. Social media has a life of its own after the post. What you meant for good could very well get lost in translation in the blogosphere. Many of us have been able to amass huge followings and that in of itself is a great achievement. But this was never my goal. To be honest, I care far less about my image and what people may say or think about me than I do about being true to my purpose, to provide words of wisdom, an encouragement to a listening ear, or providing a platform for a voice that needs to be heard. Some of you have become a slave to your phone, responding to every chirp, buzz, or notification like a puppet waiting for your master's next command. While in the meantime, while you busy yourself with your prompt reply, or trendy hashtag, Life is happening all around you without your valuable input while you sit on the bench waiting for the balance to shift in your favor. Life is happening right here and now. But if you're not present and in the moment, are you really living? Stop living your life in snippets that you hope to share more than you hope to live to the fullest. What's my point? Well, I'm not looking to prove anything to you as much as I would like to share with you a pathway to release some of the burdens that you've attached to yourself. Live your life unbound and fully aware of the potential around and within you. There is a path to navigate through the madness and see a way clear to the light at the end of the tunnel. Have I fully divested myself from this manic behavior? No. But I have refused to allow social media to get a stranglehold on me. And the reason that I believe that I have been successful is because that I've not allowed these interactions to take priority over God, family, friends, and real-life experiences. Most of all, I've not allowed the desire to be popular or liked, change who I am, in an attempt to hide my flaws and only show my most favorable side to promote a stellar brand identity. Let me ask a question. Does 500 likes on Facebook mean that anyone really likes you? Don't be fooled. I would much rather just be real. There's no pressure in just being yourself. Although I have put myself in the position to offer both the professional and the personal side of my life, it does not mean that I'm willing or even capable of being shaped or molded into the person that you would have me to be. This is what I know. No matter how precise your measurements, I will never fit into the box you have for me. When it's all said and done, if you can't go out into the real world without feeling the pressure to be restricted to just one facet of who you are all the time, maybe you're doing it all wrong. I'm no expert, but I am who I am 100% of the time. And I don't feel pressure to be anyone else or just show a portion of who I am to fit in and not stand out. If you're afraid to be yourself, you need to sit back and think it through and figure out what it is you're truly afraid of. Just be honest with yourself. That's the first step to remove the mask that would hide your true identity. No matter what people might say, There's really only one measure of who you are, and that is a measure of truth.